everyone. Welcome to the Leveled Up Podcast. I'm Megan Johnson. And I'm Danae Osted. Uh, this week on the Leveled Up Podcast, we talked about the difference between a, a scalable business and an agile business. Uh, and sometimes those are the same thing, but you'll be interested to hear more. Stay tuned and listen up on the Leveled Up Podcast. Okay, so we just talked about um, scaling which means growth, only growth, right? Scale just means getting bigger and more and more revenue. And sometimes that means a lot more um, employees. Sometimes that means a lot more clients. And our last episode, we talked a lot about the different ways that that scale looks. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about having the ability to scale, but also the ability to downsize. Okay. And so setting up your business in both ways so that you can grow and contract as necessary for your life and for the market and for everything. One of the risks of scaling a large business, and you don't have this risk in your business, but a lot of businesses do, is the infrastructure that comes with that scale. Mm-hmm. And so you need more space and you need more resources, you need more software, you need more licenses. And so there's a lot of... Um, cost that comes with that there's a lot of hiring that comes with that and so scale isn't necessarily the only way one of the things that I talk about a lot is be is the ability to stay agile so as things change maybe you get pregnant maybe you have to move god forbid (laughs) maybe well not you specifically but maybe this business owner gets pregnant or maybe they have to move or maybe COVID-19 hits, yeah. you know, what, whatever occurs where you're like, okay, I need to get, get a, a lot leaner. And the ability to shrink down is also important for survivability in a business as you rebuild or change or adjust or whatever. Uh, so I think that's an important conversation because sometimes the conversation is only scale. Okay, I like that. I want to take a small tangent yeah. because I'm having a, a small realization while we're going through this. So in, in your opinion, right, is scale just the idea of your business getting bigger and more profitable or is it the idea that you can be putting in essentially the same amount of work and get more results for those hours? What I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Is that I have, there's like a couple people within my office, right, who make significantly more money than I do. And they've been here a lot longer. So, like, it's it makes sense that that's the case. But they also have businesses that I don't want in that they're making more money. But they have to be involved in mm-hmm. every part of making that money. Right. So, maybe they're more profitable than me right now. But is it really more profitable if they're just putting in twice as many hours let's be clear there's a a really important difference between revenue and profit okay and the difference is margin so you'll hear the word margin and Mm -hmm. what is the the margin is the difference between revenue and profit so revenue after you remove all of the costs it takes to run that business and to receive that revenue so that includes payroll Mm -hmm. including your own time that includes health care cost of goods sold um, and both fixed and variable costs within your business. So you remove all of that out of there, and that's your profit. Okay. Sometimes including what you must reinvest back in the business for the growth that's necessary or for the next phase that is necessary, right? And so 
uh, high revenue business doesn't necessarily mean high profit business. There okay. are some businesses that have extremely low margins. The grocery industry, for one. The restaurant industry, too. Yeah, the outside of liquor sales, right? Yeah. Um, is really, really known for extremely lean profit or extremely lean margins, really small margins. Mm-hmm. So they have to ha- they have to move a lot of product to be able to generate a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to take that in consideration as well. And that's one thing that happens a lot with new business owners as well. They're, they're leaner organizations generally. They don't have the bells and whistles and all the nice stuff and private jets and all that stuff that costs yeah. money that comes out of your revenue. Yeah. Right? That's, that's taking out of your profit margin. And so uh, they're usually really lean, but they're also undercharging mm-hmm. because they're new. And they haven't figured yeah. it out yet. And so you can increase that margin in, in a lot of ways, be, being more efficient, getting more lean, or raising your, pri- your prices. But it's really important to know that scale sometimes doesn't change your margin. Interesting. So you can sell a lot more, but your prices increase equally, mm-hmm. or your costs, excuse me, not prices. You can sell a lot more, your, cr- your prices increase equally. Mm-hmm. And you make more money, but you you still have really high costs to that sale. So your margin's not changing. Um, so your organization just has to grow with that, and you're you're making equally um, the same percentage profit based on those sales. So that doesn't mean that you're necessarily getting massively uh, rich mm-hmm. as a small organization. For as for a small organization, you have to have a large margin which is why I really like service-based organizations. You can stay super lean and have a large margin uh, that you get to take home or reinvest in your business. Thank you. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that, that totally answers my question. And that's just something I think about a lot because not not all businesses are created equal right. by any means. Even if you look at a maybe a profit and loss sheet, that doesn't mean that like mm-hmm. all of those businesses are still the same because I could, in, like we just mentioned, like if I have to put 80 hours a week into my business to make 250 a year that's a scale fail in in my mind because mm-hmm. I don't that's not why I started a business in the first place right you know or another one for instance is if I have this massive business but I have to be involved in every part of how it works right like, and that's part of why I love clockwork so much so far mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see how much I love it when I have to start implementing that stuff and I'm, <laughs> I'm preparing okay we're, we're getting there um, and the team's on board for that too but that's the whole idea is I want to be able to take a, a a week-long vacation or what they what they ask you to prep for in the book is a month-long yeah, vacation weeks. four weeks and that as of right now that idea is terrifying mm-hmm. to me um, but I'm making myself, you know, get get used to the idea. And I don't think that'll be a this year thing by any means. But maybe by the end of next year, I think my organization could 100% be ready for that. But well, that's, and that's, that's kind a thought. of what I'm talking about with being agile, being yeah. flexible in your business. If you decide you want it, you your business, it, you want to set it up to where two months out of the year, maybe your kids will go on summer break mm-hmm. and you just don't want to work. Um, or you have family that lives internationally and you want to be able to go travel and, and visit them and it's not, it's not feasible for you to work during that time, so you, you need to set your, your business up so that it can be flexible in that way so you can grow and, and condense as necessary for your life. But if you set it up to where you have to be involved and you have to be working 40 hours a week 
in order to get this done. Nothing's automated. Nothing is, is happening without your say-so. You don't have a flexible business. Yeah. You absolutely do not. And you're tied to the business. You're just handcuffed to the business. And there's there's brilliant experts out there. Uh, we talked to Amanda Harness with Kinetic Spark. There's, down the hall is Daphne Securis with Launch Point. There's, there's brilliant people that come into your business and help you with this operationally if you're struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also coaches all over the world um, that help with this as well. But you have to look at your business and say, okay, am I setting this up to function in a specific way? Um, the answer is yes, you are setting it up to, to work in a specific way, but are you setting it up in the way that you want? Yeah. Uh, because you can scale and be agile. And that's, for me, my favorite, is being able to say, okay, I can shut this down. I can reduce all of my costs to really minimal, and this mm-hmm. thing can run for six months without making a dollar. That's, that's hard. I think for a lot of businesses, especially, so I like what you mentioned about service-based businesses because you're correct. In theory, if you're a real estate agent or if you're a mortgage lender or financial advisor or something like that, in theory, you shouldn't usually, depending on how your business is set up, have an insane amount of overhead. Usually there aren't a lot of employees involved. Usually for those of you who don't know, most people in those kinds of positions are traditionally depending on in finance where you are and depending on in mortgage where you are, but traditionally those people are 1099 contractors. So although you technically run your own business and you might have a lot of agents or contractors within your organization, and that's how my business is set up is we have a whole bunch of contractors basically. Um, You know, in theory, if we didn't want to do that, you know, or if if COVID-19 hits, Right. I don't have a responsibility for salaries for any of those people. Right. So that makes a big difference. My only it, she's not even really an employee at this moment. She's still kind of a contractor. The only difference is that I do indeed pay her uh, for the work that she does without being an advisor and being paid in those specific ways um, is my assistant. Yeah. And that's the only person within an organization. Right. But I can always because she has other clients besides just me. Right. She can scale up and down her hours for those things as well. Right. So that, that certainly makes a difference. And I can always let her know, hey, I need less hours over the next couple of months right. or something. So you can do that. I feel like it ends up being really hard. Um, a lot of times if you're looking at um, product-based businesses, Oof. for sure. Ugh. I know that just like, it I don't think I, I, don't think I ever want to run a product-based business. Like I'm still, you know, maybe like something super little on Etsy or something like... I don't know. Maybe I'll learn how to crochet hats or something at some (laughs) point. But, like, I'm talking, like, really small. But that's the only thing I would ever really consider. I don't think I want I think you need to consider your margins in those businesses as well. Because you can have high-margin product-based businesses. Yeah. Um, Flip furniture on Facebook Marketplace. Sure. Yeah. You can have... That's that's one that tends to have high margins, especially if you get a name in the business. Yeah. Um, The other thing to consider is the... um, expiration date on your product or service Mm. like a lot of people make a lot of money jumping on the bandwagon ordering a ton of product from a really cheap manufacturer overseas Mm. like pogs or fidget spinners or masks or masks 
and yeah. they can, and they see a trend. Hand but, sanitizer. Right. And they see a trend and they figure out how to get a bunch of that product in and they have low margins, but mm-hmm. they send it, they sell it quickly, but knowing it's a fad that's going to be out quick. Mm-hmm. So they have to unload that. Or things like planners, mm-hmm. speaking from experience, if you don't get those things sold within the first quarter of the year, everybody's got their planner for the year. Like, Yeah. And then you're, you're like me, stuck with a ton of inventory that you can't resell. Yeah. And it sucks. It sucks so much. So even with product-based businesses, I know I talk a lot of shit about them because they're just tough. They're a lot. Supply chain, all of that's really tough. Um, it's, it is definitely more difficult to be agile unless you're doing the uh, type of delivery system where, uh, gosh, I can't think of the term for it right now. Um, on demand, It's like on-demand uh Oh, like printing or shipping? I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, Where they actually create the product at when it's ordered. Yeah, like, so if you're creating, for instance, uh, like, there's a whole bunch of videos on TikTok on how to create notebooks on Canva mm-hmm. and then basically sell them on Amazon and have it print on demand so that yeah. if somebody buys it, you don't have to create a physical notebook and send it to them. Right. Amazon does that for you. And that's how a lot of different businesses work like that as well. Yeah, and it's great. And Amazon will take a chunk yeah, uh, of that, and they're like Walmart. They can bully anybody and get whatever they want because they have such market share. But uh, it sure is a heck of a lot better than paying upfront, mm-hmm. losing a bunch of cash out to get it uh, manufactured. So mm-hmm. you have to have all that upfront cash. Cash flow is king in a business. It'll kill you. Um, putting all that cash out, then also paying to store all your product if you're not storing it in your basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, storing storage for all that, shipping for all that, with these uh, on-demand services, uh, you you don't have to worry about all that, mm. and you make lower margins. But isn't that? Could you make the argument and do the math to figure out that maybe it's worth worth that lower margin? I yeah. would say probably. I would say lower margins for a lot less work because if I have to put in zero time on a weekly basis or maybe maybe let's say even a couple hours to troubleshoot things um you know if there's a problem with shipping or something like that Mm -hmm. right but i don't have to put in any like physical labor actually putting together orders and shipping them or anything like that so i can focus on other revenue streams during that time right yeah i would 100 percent take a lower margin on something like that Mm because it's something that works not necessarily automatically but when you hear about these people and there's a lot of them now which is kind of cool people who have seven or eight revenue streams and are making all of this money on a monthly basis like usually it's because a lot of those income streams are fairly passive like they don't have to do a ton for that to be the case and so you know like we've talked about sometimes that's um, you know on the last episode about scale sometimes that's things that people can download or like 3d printing models or courses that people can enroll in um that's kind of the books yeah, workbooks, and that's that's actually one of the I think the next steps for um, for my business is not necessarily just client facing stuff because you know one of the things that I do for people that I don't have to that I spend a lot of time and energy on is budgeting, for instance, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily need to spend an hour or two hours with my clients budgeting if I could just put together a course yeah. that they could then use to go through those things themselves. You should. Um, I totally should and it's it's on the roster believe me like and I want to do that for my agents as well but one of the other things that I'd like to do and this isn't necessarily something that makes me a whole bunch of money right off the bat but it streamlines streamlines my processes is I have all of these onboarding resources and training resources for my team that 
right now I kind of have to manually give to them Mm -hmm. at each point of their training process. Mm -hmm. Or I could take all of those materials that I already have created and put them into a course format so that people then automatically just have to go through things step by step by step by step when they come to it in the process so that they don't have to consult with me anytime they need something like that. So instead of somebody having to do the guesswork of figuring that stuff out and be resilient enough to stick with it until all of it's done, well, they can move through things a lot faster because they don't need to consult with me all the time. Right. So although that's something that doesn't make me a direct payment every time somebody uses it, it's something that it makes saves you more me. efficient. Exactly. And it saves me hours and hours of time and energy going through that process. Do you want to come play with me? <laughs> <laughs> Megan's puppy is here and I am just fully distracted. I'm such a sucker for this little, she just this little up. baby. She no, she's so up. sleepy. Oh, give me this little bear. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. You're so cute. We are best friends. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, it's important to think about and uh, basically consider your lifestyle and what you want out of your business and and, uh, what your industry looks like. If you have a really, if you have a significant seasonality in your business, you need to prepare for that as well. Like, what am I going to do in the slow months? I have to be able to reduce costs. Um, uh, and, And that's a heck of a lot easier than... Um, trying to figure out how to adjust your your offering uh, just during a few months of the year. I'd rather see a business stay really focused on what they're good at um, and be able to be agile in the seasonality of their business. So that's another consideration as as you go forward. And uh, I just I think it, it's important because almost all the time, all we hear about is scale. Yeah, yeah, and scale is important, but it's also not number one in everybody's business. Mm -hmm. I think especially during your first couple of years, your job isn't necessarily to focus on getting bigger. Right. And I think there's the best way to save yourself time and money is to just do things right the first time. (laughs) And I can speak from experience of not doing everything right the first time, Mm -hmm. not unethically or anything, but just not efficiently. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the more planning and prep that you put into things, the more research you do, talking to people, asking them questions, evaluating what resources are at your disposal, what, what things people have already put together so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel on. Yeah. I mean, that makes a huge difference Yeah. Um, so that when you do decide, okay, I'm at a place in my business where I'm doing things right, right? Not necessarily perfectly, but right. Right. Um, and I, I think it's time to take it to the next level, either when it comes to making more money or including more people in this process or outsourcing the things that I don't want to do anymore, that it makes it a lot easier to go through those things. Yeah, for sure. And it comes back to this whole conversation comes back to what we talk about all the time is doing things intentionally with thought mm-hmm. um, makes it makes a huge difference. I agree. Hey guys, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And what we really need is for you to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life too. So until the next episode, 